Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Aria Hawani, back with another edition of the Wednesday Hawani Show. Yes, and we got a big one, my friends. Nathan Diaz in his first interview since November of 2019. You know how long I've been trying to talk to this man? For a very long time. And finally, I spoke to him. I look forward to sharing that with you. We'll also talk to Corey Sanhagen, so stay tuned for that. But I do want to let you know that we have a brand new ESPN podcast around these parts that I encourage all of you to check out. It's called First Take, Her Take. And this week on the show, the ladies welcome NFL referee Sarah Thomas, the first female referee in the NFL who was on the field for last weekend's Super Bowl. It's tremendous stuff. So if you want to check it out, just go to First Take, Her Take, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All right, on to today's program, which may contain some language that is not suitable for all audiences. So listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show. in your life on this Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Helwani Show. And like I said at the very top, we got an exciting one for all of you. Nathan Diaz coming up in his first interview in over a year. Corey Sanhagen coming up. Of course, stemming from that incredible knockout on Saturday, everyone buzzing. Where does he go from here? Does he get a title shot? Does he fight TJ Dillashaw? One of the best knockouts you'll see all year. I'd be shocked if we're not talking about it at the end of the year. But of course, before we get to all of that, some news and notes for all of you. UFC 258 coming up this weekend. It's the return of the Nigerian nightmare, Kamaru Usman, defending his welterweight title against his former teammate, the rare teammate versus ex-teammate. It's not teammate versus teammate, as some are calling it, because they're actually not teammates anymore. Kamaru Usman went to Colorado to train with uh, Trevor Whitman, Justin Gaethje, the whole grudge team. Gilbert Burns stayed in South Florida to train with the Sanford MMA squad. Anyway, they have a history. They've trained together for years. For a long time, Usman was at 170, Burns at 155. Now they will meet on Saturday for the welterweight title. And of course, you can get UFC 258 exclusively on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. It is available to ESPN Plus subscribers for $69.99. You just have to visit ESPNPlus.com slash PPV or just check out these show notes to today's episode for a link on how to subscribe. A lot going on, as always, in the world of MMA. Some other notable things going on. We found out yesterday that Johnny Walker is out of UFC 261. He was supposed to fight Jimmy Crute in an interesting 205-pound bout. Uh, Anthony Smith is stepping in. Now, that show is April 24th. I'm hearing, not a done deal, that it may be in Singapore, and that could be a spot for Zhang Wei Li versus Rose Namajunas, um, would certainly make a lot of sense, especially for Zhang. But that's not a done deal just yet. So a lot of things are up in the air. Uh, also hearing that they're talking about maybe a return to ABC in April. We've got those two main events uh, with the uh, the middleweights, Costa, Whitaker, Till, Vittori. So interesting times in April. We'll see how that all pans out. Speaking of uh, interesting times. What about yesterday? Bellator making the big announcement that they're going to Showtime. This will be their exclusive home. Friday nights, 9 p.m. Showtime has been out of the MMA business 
since uh, 2013 when Strikeforce essentially folded. Uh, this is great for them. They finally get a proper home, a proper broadcast partner. Obviously, Showtime Boxing is a big deal as well. And, you know, I think that they do a better job of airing combat sports than, say, Paramount, Spike, or even CBS Sports Network. So this is going to be great. They're going to get the proper rub, the proper push. And they announced some really big fights coming up. Uh, their debut will be on April 2nd, Pitbull versus Sanchez 2, Manuel Sanchez, featherweight uh, World Grand Prix semifinal. The winner gets AJ McKee. And then they also announced a light heavyweight tournament featuring a first-round fight between Yoel Romero and Anthony Rumble Johnson. How about that? Uh, it's going to be Rumble Johnson versus Romero. Uh, Yakshimuridov uh, making his debut against Corey Anderson. Ryan Bader against Yoda Machida 2. And Vadim Nemkov, the champion, against Phil Davis in a rematch as well. Those are the eight participants. Uh, it starts on the 9th of April, then the 16th of April. And then they have another show that they announced on May 7th featuring Juan Archuleta, the bantamweight champion, against Sergio Pettis, the younger brother of Anthony Pettis. So I'm a big believer the more promotions, the more networks, the more people giving opportunities to fighters to make a living, it's good for everyone. Rising tide lifts all boats. So this is very exciting stuff. Two other quick things. You know, on Monday, I talked about Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, and everyone went gaga, thinking essentially that I reported that it was a done deal. Not a done deal. I said it's the direction they're leaning, but a lot of things could be happening here. I mean, a lot, there's, there's just a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts. And one of those moving parts is Nathan Diaz. Nathan Diaz coming out and uh, calling his shot, and it pertains one of the participants in that potential fight. Connor obviously wants the trilogy. Dustin wants a belt. He wants to get paid. I think things are going to get really interesting here, and they're pretty much booked up until April. I don't suspect this fight happening until May, June at the earliest, but I think the next few weeks are going to be really interesting as it pertains to the lightweight division and even the welterweight division because, of course, the title is being defended on Saturday night. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with Nathan Diaz. Like I said, I have been trying to talk to him since his loss to Jorge Masvidal. That was in November of 2019. That's the last time we saw him in action. MSG, UFC 244. He did not fight in 2020. He didn't talk to media in 2020. But I finally got him uh, just a couple of days ago. And we spoke about everything that's gone on, about his future, about what he wants to do, about Connor. And, and Dustin about the welterweight division, the lightweight division. There's no one quite like Nathan Diaz. And so it's always a pleasure to talk to him. Here's my conversation with Stockton's finest. You haven't talked to anyone. We didn't see you in, in 2020. In your opinion, what's been the reason for your absence from the UFC? Of course, last time we saw you was 244 at MSG, but now we've gone a full year since your last fight. And, and like I said, you haven't done any media or anything like that. Why have you been away for so long? I was just, uh, initially I was I was looking to do a rematch for my last fight, but <clears throat> they never pulled the trigger on that. So uh, I just kind of, I kind of figured out what was going on. And then COVID hit and uh I was like seeing the whole world slow down from COVID. And I was like, all right, why ain't it slowing down? So I was, I was trying to train and get start, get ready for a fight. <clears throat> but I didn't feel like much was going on. Nobody was doing much. So then I sat, I sat around for a couple months and then I got re motivated. I motivated. It was kind of like, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to fight with the mask on and shit, all that. So I just watched that year fly by. But I was training the whole time. So here I am. There was nothing to talk about. 
considering how 2019 went with the the Pettis win and you know how big the the Masvidal fight was at MSG sold out main event were you disappointed were you frustrated of course no one could predict COVID but were you frustrated that you were inactive after a year like that yeah I was ready to keep the show going for sure uh it's not it's not what I like to do so I like to be active and um after taking the three years off before that, I wanted to get active the whole time, but there was also nothing really going on. And uh, for me, anyways, and uh, as soon as I got going, I already knew I like I'm, I got to I want to I want to stay active because it's what I do and what I have done my whole career, and it, shit works better that way. <laughs> Considering how the Masvidal fight went and ended, and what was said afterwards. How disappointed are you that it doesn't seem like that's in the cards right now? Because it did seem for a moment in the fall like they were going in that direction, and then they moved on, it seems now, to the Covington fight. How do you feel about that? Uh, they're, those guys are all pretty played out to me. <laughs> I don't really – I really don't pay no more attention to that no more. It's kind of <clears> – it's what I wanted initially, but these guys were – went there with their own ways and did whatever they thought they were going to do. And I thought that was kind of whack. So uh, I was looking for something bigger and better. Okay. So you've moved on. Long time ago, for sure. Okay. Um, did you watch the Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor rematch a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I watched it. What did you think of the fight? I think it was, uh, there I think it, it was, uh, this fucking chair right here steals the <laughs> every time, man. Falls in the thing. Uh, I thought that. Uh, I thought that that. I thought Dustin Poirier was pretty owned the whole way through, and I think fucking Connor dropped the ball. <laughs> I thought it was. Gonna be, I thought that was. Uh, <clears throat> it was kind of playing into. Uh, I just thought it was a. It was a big old fucking joke. Honestly, he. He's playing, switching up his whole role and playing Mr. Nice Guy. <clears throat> but he was owning Dustin the way Dustin was just doing do what he's told the whole the whole way through. It was just kind of corny, kind of funny to me. And then uh, I think Connor had it had it going, but then I think he fell back to his <clears throat> his same ways and went in there. I think he fucked up more than more than Dustin did anything good, you know? Really? Oh. I think it was less of fucking Dustin doing anything great and more of Connor fucking up. That's my personal opinion. You know, I think he was landing shots. It looked pretty in the bag to me. <laughs> Leading up to the fight. No, I'm talking about the fight now. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought I thought he I thought he fucked up. What could he have done differently? Connor? Yeah. I think he still makes the same mistakes he always has. I think. I think uh remember when I remember when uh, remember when I wanted went got into it with with dude about Connor because he was saying how good Connor did with Mayweather. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when Brendan was talking about how how good Connor did with Mayweather and he like, you don't think he did good and he's all up he was all up Connor's ass and I was like I think he did horrible. I think he did exactly what these boxers and I and everybody thought. He would do. He went in there, <clears throat> made a punch himself out, made a punch himself out, and got knocked out. He didn't learn from what happened when I fought him because they still, <clears throat> I think Floyd Mayweather, 
and then watch the blueprint right there on how to beat him. They're like, okay, go make him punch himself out and then finish him off. So, so right when that fight started, the Mayweather fight, that's exactly what was happening. Like, He's going to make him punch himself because that's not how Mayweather fights. He ran up on him like how I ran up on him, made him punch himself out, finish him off, and Connor took the bait. So I didn't think he did a good job at all. And the whole world was telling him how, uh, talking about how good he did in the fight, you know, what could he do hard punches and stuff, but, and then, and made it 11 rounds. Uh, Floyd Mayweather is smaller, and that's how you do it. <laughs> You go out there and you make a guy do what he already did. He just lost to me like that. So he went out there, pushed the pace, and made him made him did exactly what the game plan was. And then Connor just went in there, took the bait. And so Connor did that with me. <clears throat> That's what first exposed him. Then he did it with Mayweather. And then who else? He did okay. He tried to he tried to make it last against Khabib the best he could. Khabib still couldn't do shit. You know what I'm saying? Fucking took four and a half rounds to do it to finish him off. And then Yeah, it took is that how long was that in the fifth round? Or no, four? fourth. Fourth. <clears throat> yeah, it took him four rounds to finish him off. And uh that's whatever. That's beside the point. But then he went and fought Destin and he landed all good shots. He's dropping combos on him. And uh I think he was pushing the pace too hard like he had it in the bag and he went in there and he was like, he's throwing the hard shots and he went in there and he fucking, he fucking fucked up, <laughs> you know? He should have slowed it down. But, and this happens because he's he don't want to be in there too. He's anxious for the kill because he wants out. <laughs> like he should have, he should have slowed it down a little bit. And, and then he didn't. He pushed the pace and he got caught slipping. He started getting... And the leg thing was a factor, but come on, you were you were you were fucking up the whole the whole time. I think that's just my you know that's what I think of that fight. You don't feel like he wants to be in there anymore. Who? Well, you said that he was he was doing. Yeah, I'm just like, talking about at the time as far as the fight. Yeah. I, he wanted to get it done and get out. Right. Yeah, like you know, I have a lot of fights where where I don't even plan on going in there and knock them out. I don't just go in there and knock people out anyway. So I plan on going in there and having a fight. I don't try to push the pace and then fuck up in the, in the process, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why no one's been got no finishes over me because I'm, I'm in it for the whole run, the whole long run, the whole, this whole, my whole career. I'll be here forever. And then as far as the fights, I'm like, I plan on being in there the whole time until they're done. So I think that's... That's a, that's fucking, that's, that's like, I don't know. I think that's a weakness. So after the fight, you know, sometimes you don't, you don't really do this. That's why I think it was noteworthy. You made it very clear that you finally want that fight against Dustin Poirier, the fight that was supposed to happen a couple of years ago. At yeah. Now is the, now is the time for sure to, to fight. We should have fought a long time ago. And, uh, now the, now the, uh, Stars are aligned. <laughs> Why do you feel that way? <clears throat> well, because you just won the fight. It's like that—that's the fight. So I'm waiting for a fight where people are ready, <laughs> ready for the big fight. You know, and now now's the time. And I want to be clear about this because there was some talk. I think Dana White uh, told a few media outlets that they offered you something at 155. 
but it sounds to me, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't have interest in fighting at 155, right? You want to fight no, at 170? Yeah, no, I'm done with I'm not fighting at 155. Fight probably, probably at 170, 165. Anything to 185, not 155. But that's a dead division. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not... I don't have nothing I'm hunting in that division. No, nothing I'm aiming for. I feel like I own it already. So <clears throat> I'll probably fight at 170 pounds. Okay. Um, so if they came to you right now and said, all right, Mr. Diaz, what do you want? You're saying 170 Dustin Poirier. Is that accurate? That's what I would like right now, yeah. And I think it's time, time, uh, time for that fight for sure. It's crazy. Exactly one year ago. Uh, Dustin tweeted this, spoke with the UFC last night. You're going to take the fight at Nate Diaz, 209, 170 pounds, May in California or July International Fun Fight Week. Come get this work. Exactly one year ago. Pretty crazy. Uh, shout out to my colleague, Mark Romundi, for uh, letting me know about that. So do you feel like this is something that he's interested in? Are you getting that vibes? Are you feeling that the UFC is interested in this? Uh, I believe they should be. I believe they should be. And, uh what else is he going to do? <laughs> the the Connor trilogy would obviously be the one that, you know, people would bring up and the one that Connor's pushing for right now, but nothing's done. Why do you feel like How are you going to just give that to him? You know what I'm saying? He should be learning from what happened in the past. The what they're trying to do is bring him back from the dead again. That that's what they do. They're going to bring him back from the dead for them. I don't think you can pay me enough money to do shit like that anymore. <laughs> mm. uh, I feel like I feel like um, I feel like there's that if if that's what he wanted to do that that's whatever. But but like why? No, what, what I'm tripping off of too is the rematch shit. Like I've got they, they always try to roast my record too. I got 11 losses. I know they want to talk about how I I got all these losses, right? <laughs> and. Uh, I try to rematch all those losses. Never was it even considered or talked about. Like, don't even ask. You lost. You know, I know that I'm all 95% are all decision losses that were hardly lost. And most of them I won. So, why was it so out of the question for my rematch, for me to have a rematch with somebody, you know? But this guy gets finished by me. He gets rematched. He gets finished by Khabib. They're hoping, he, they're trying to give him, build him the whole fight off of this fucking. That's important for a rematch for him and Khabib. And then he lost to him at another time of rematch. This guy just gets rematches. That's crazy to me. And I think Connor does great and does his thing, but it's all about timing. And, and like I said, it starts on the line right now, dog. It's time, it's time for fucking something different. You're just going to keep that show going for them. That's cool. If that's what you're going to do. But <clears throat> I hop right back up in there fighting, and they man, they play it like that too. Like, like where it's like you don't want to fight you don't want to fight him again like hell yeah i'll fight i'll fight him again but that's just a trick they pull up a manipulation factor they got i don't know i'll go on all day about that but then he got finished off why should he get a why should anybody get a rematch you can finish off hella quick that's crazy could i ask just because you're bringing it up like is this something that bothers you do, do you are you upset about the fact that you gave him that immediate rematch five years ago Cause it sounds like that's what you're, you're talking about. Like, well, I'm just saying like it, it was all, everything was for him and in his favor. And it could have fucking like what Khabib's doing right now is what I probably should have done. And they learned that from me not doing that too. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They're hiding in the hills. Like 
That's all it's his biggest accomplishment. So he's hiding out. I was like, not going to do that. I like, I ain't no punk. You know what I'm saying? I know that he took a fight with me on five day, 12 day notice too. You know what I'm saying? He was training for somebody else. So I felt like it's time for me to, I'll rematch him. Cause for one, I don't think he, he could beat me ever. And for two, I don't even think he did beat me anyway. So that's why I don't even be sweating that rematch either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure we probably will fight one day eventually, too. But at the time right now, it's not the time. You've been finished off left and right. You know, I might have to go get finished a few times before we fight again, you know. And uh, when the time is right, the time is right. But I think I think now is the time for fucking bigger, better stuff to go on, different, different stuff. And Dustin Poirier was already supposed to fight me anyway, so. And he didn't make it. He pulled, he pulled his ass out. Do you think he wants to fight you now? Uh, I pro- I don't think he does, no. Uh, you might say that it does, but I don't think he does. Why not? Because I'm not going to play fucking nice guy like how Conor McGregor just did with him. That, 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 you know, that, that Conor put, it, put himself right, just made him a walk in, walked him right in for the taking, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I think that a fight with me would be more real, more more serious situation for for him. And I don't think he, he would get. I don't think he can sleep with that. <laughs> What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise canceling headphones, meeting free Fridays. Well, what about selling with Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch at your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autograph apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U S and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dcrc. All lowercase, go to shopify.com slash DCRC now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash DCRC. You know, it's 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 interesting because I, I don't know if you noticed this as well, but like that fight happens. You're mentioned in the Connor post fight. You're mentioned in the Dustin Poirier post fight. Justin Gaethje is talking about you. Like all these top guys, Tony Ferguson is talking about you. You haven't fought since November of 2009. What is your reaction when you see this? Like, hey, I haven't fought in over a year and all the top guys are talking about me and in some respects calling me out as well. Yeah, because I, that, because 
I never lost a fight like all these guys. The whole lightweight division been taken out. All, you know what I'm saying? Every single one of them. <clears throat> Except for, what's his name who just uh, beat Ferguson? Yeah. Oliveira. Yeah. That's the guy right there. I'll fight that guy. That's who I'll fight. You like that fight? I like guys. That, I like the winners. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a, I'm a winner. I ain't been lost to nobody. You know? I got the and the few guys that I lost that they say finish me out. First of all, I never got finished off like everybody else. Like KO knocked on the ass, sleeping, unconscious, uh, choked out. None of that's happened to me. You know, so I'm like, <clears throat> I'm trying to fight the guys who are winning. But he's a 55er. Would you fight him at 55 or would he have to go up to uh, 170? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, fight at 55. But you'd be down with that. I'd have the guy that won 72, but there ain't nobody at 170. That whole division's all when those guys grow up, I'll fight somebody at 170. But I the 55 division has has some some guys in there, but it's like I like Oliver fight or do I support it fight, probably. Well, there is a 55er who asked you to fight at 170 recently, Tony Ferguson. Have you have you seen his comments? And if so, what do you make of them? Yeah, no, I like I like Tony Ferguson. He's been around a long time, like I have too. But time is not right. Right now is not the time for. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, he just lost to uh, Oliver. That's who I would. That's who I like to fight. Okay, so you're not interested right now. Yeah, I think Oliver is the best fight right now. And Dustin Boyer. Uh, you mentioned on uh, Instagram recently uh, that you're one of the last of the real martial artists. For those that may not understand what you mean by that, could you explain? Yeah, I'm just uh, like, how come how come these guys are all getting finished? You know, it's a part of war. It's the main objective in, in war is, is like go out there and come back home. <laughs> mm-hmm. And these guys all get finished off, and it fucking irritates me too. Like that's the conversation just got finished, right? Mm-hmm. And his big fight is huge thing. He's the best in He's gonna get a rematch. He's the fucking go and all this funny shit. And it's like, bro, you just got finished off. Like that that you know, and you got they what happens when they when they uh when they finish when when these guys get finished, like they people always talk shit too. They'll be like, Nate's not what do they say? He's a five hundred fighter, he's a he's a journeyman. They say shit like that about me. I'm like, you guys are haters. For once for one, I was here before all of you even got here. I was here first, fighting, putting on fighting acts. You guys all grew up on me, straight up. And then uh, <clears throat> for two, all this time and all my records that you guys talking about, that shit, I have a shitty record. Guess what? You guys all got finished on your face, choked out, knocked out, fucked up all over the place, right? But uh, I'll take 100 of my losses before I take one of those losses, straight up. So... That's what I mean when I'm talking about real martial arts. So you can't even make it home with family, dog. How are you going to be the <laughs> the best or the greatest? And when you get finished off like that, that doesn't drop you down. And the ranking system is a control issue, too. Like That doesn't drop you down two spots in, in, in the rankings. You got choked out. You got knocked out. You just lost 15 spots. And then they still try to talk about me and my shitty record. I'm like, oh, ain't no one finished me off, dog. I'm still going to be here till the end of time. Telling you, I'm hard to kill, not like the rest of these guys. What What do you think of Habib's decision to walk away? 
Um, I think it's smart for him. He don't like to fight. And that, and that's why I'm not making we're going to 155. That's the, that's supposed to be the champion. What makes you say that he doesn't like to fight? Why do he run for the hills? Family, right? 29 and 0. Maybe didn't feel like there were any challenges. I don't know. I mean, because he was above everybody, right? Yeah. That's what he said. Well, the way they positioned Dana White. Man, DC, your boy DC over here, too. What about him? You remember when he put his little list together on you guys? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you didn't like, you didn't like a call real quick. DC, you know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, no. And first of all, it's like, why do you think I took three years off? Why do you think I was out for three years? I'm above all that shit, too. It's like, and now he's out there. He's like, thank God I found an easy out. But I wasn't in either because there was nothing to do yet. Like, and, and the only difference is they say they got me to rematch because I ain't no punk. And then they got me to rematch. And then I and then I was um, and then they played me like I lost. And then I was out bitter, a bitter loser. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just going to hold up till somebody does something. But nobody ever did anything really. You think he comes back? Oh. Habib? Oh, probably, yeah. He's fucking, he's just waiting for somebody to beg for him to come back. But that's not one you're interested in? Because you were at one point. Yeah, when the time was right. But, like, now let me tell you the little history for me and Khabib, right? Remember, and then nowadays when I'm like, this fool got slapped, and then everybody starts tweeting to me and telling me about how um, Dana White, said Nate turned down Khabib fight, right? Then 2014 or something. Anyway, I had just fought Ben Henderson for a title, and I was pissed about a contract I signed. I, was, I already had 20 fights in UFC. I had, like, the most fight of the nights and all this stuff. I was, like, the most, one of the most popular fighters in the UFC way back then. And then and then after after that fight, they're calling me, like, hey, you want to fight Khabib? No, Megan made off and all that. Who the hell is that? And we look him up, and he's got all these fights that are the same fights as he's doing nowadays. Grab somebody to hold him down. Some boring-ass fighter who's got two fights in the UFC. So I was like, why, would it, why wouldn't I take this fight? I just fought for a title. You know, I didn't even not take that fight. I didn't know I want somebody better than that. And then, the, and then they blasted that. I didn't want the fight. So whatever went on, a couple years went on. Then I'm at World Series of Fighting where, where I'm watching Jake fight. And they're acting like he's some great fucking happy-go-lucky guy. Some some great uh, he's a jock, dude. He's like he's with his team making fun of me, trying to pick on me and start a fight with me. So I finished the fight right there, and then and then when I started calling for the fight, he didn't want the fight. So he's the only one who turned down the fight and didn't want the fight. And then Connor too, after he lost to Khabib. They started hitting us up too, like, like, yo, we want you to fight Connor. I'm like, oh, so I'm supposed to bring Connor back from the dead? I'll fight Khabib. <laughs> he just won. So now Khabib's too big to fight me because of whatever, you know? And that's fucking, uh, and now he's fucking, I've done everything I can do. I'm above everybody. I'm out. I'm everything else. I'm like, what? That's why I don't fight at 155. The champ's a bitch, and the whole division's been fin- finished, killed off. <laughs> and who the hell knows who anybody is at 170? <laughs> There's nothing there, so. 
You're not excited about Usman Burns this weekend? <clears throat> not interested in that, in that fight either. A, they haven't done anything good either. Teammate versus teammate, all that stuff. Yeah, that's Perfect. the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the teammates, yeah, right? That's a fake fight. Nah, I'm cool off of that fight too. Those guys are going to kill themselves off. I heard talking about my I'm at the end of my career or something. I'm like, wait, you yeah. just got here the other day. You just got here the other day, and now you're fighting your teammate. Could you clear up the the Dan Hooker Burns thing? I think Burns thought that you were calling him out, but weren't you calling out Dan Hooker at the time, or at least interested in? I Dan was Hooker? really, yeah, I was interested in fighting Hooker for sure. I think Hooker's a good fighter, and he's a real fighter. <clears throat> uh, he had a hard fight the other day, and. Uh, I imagine that's how that fight. I was talking to my boys before that fight, and I was like, "The fight's probably he's gonna win. He's gonna he's gonna do his thing and run this guy over slowly but surely. But if not, Chandler's gonna run out and do some quick, fast, twitchy shit and get get a just like the fight went is what I expected, and I did. So that was that was that was a sad day for for Burn or uh, for Hooker, but I was I was gunning for. Hooker in that fight. What do you think of yeah. Chandler? Chandler, I don't really know much about him. He, he's he's new and he uh, kind of a goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Nah, he's cool. He's doing his thing. What did he just do? He didn't like some WWE shit at the end of the fight. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh man, it's so. It's uh, cool, speaking bro. of which, uh, one guy who's been aggressively calling you out is Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Yeah. What do you make of that? Is that something that interests you? A boxing match against Jake Paul? Nah, not at the moment. No, but at some point for sure. Do you think he beats Ben Askren? Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think one thing he has to understand is that he's fighting Ben Askren. That's what do you mean by that? Type, that's a different time of boxing match than he's probably going to be used to. So he better right. bring some some goofy, unorthodox wrestlers to uh, spar with because sometimes uh, those are those are harder fights just because they're unorthodox and you don't know what to expect coming from a boxer's point of view. I would expect to been asking, but could be tough, could be easy. Who knows? That's what makes it kind of interesting. <laughs> A few weeks ago, you tweeted something about him that, like, you know, if he if he doesn't stop talking, he might get it. He's gonna fuck him up. Yeah, he was just talking some serious fighting words to. to uh, uh, he's talking to Connor, right? Yep. And he also talked about you, right? Yeah, but when I said something, what's good? He was talking about. Okay. And so I was like, oh, there's some real fine words for a guy who's already signed a fight in a real fight, and you're challenging to a boxing match with fighting words. Mm-hmm. And no one's going to speak up, and no one, and even Connor's like, probably don't want to give him no clout for. And he's he's tuned in to what he's doing. I like someone needs to tell this guy to shut up. So I mean, I wasn't trying to have nobody's back, but just from a real motherfuckers perspective it's like well we're we're you're talking fine words it don't make no sense when people do that it's like it's like talking shit like that challenging somebody to a basketball match you know boxing is just boxing it's only a piece of a fight and you're talking like dirty shit so it's like someone's gonna fuck you up if you don't you don't watch it 
he is opening up the fight game and even now going after MMA fighters to a whole new world where there is some money to be made. Uh, could I ask, like, when would a Nathan Diaz be able to explore a potential Jake Paul fight or a boxing match? I know you've talked about this for a very long time, Canelo, names like that. In other words, when are you free? When can you be free? Yeah, uh, sometime eventually, but we'll see what happens with all that anyway. I want to get some, some, some MMA fights cracking right now and then warm up and then get that shit all done too ASAP. <laughs> How soon would you like to fight in a perfect world? When, what's the month right now? Uh, February, early February. I say April or May. Okay, so pretty soon. Like you, you'd like a fight already, training camp, let's go. Yeah. Perfect world, how many times would you like to fight in 2021? Uh, probably two minimum, four max. Four max, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Two minimum. Two minimum, four max. Yeah, I'm ready to get the show on the road. How, how would you describe your relationship with the UFC brass right now? Like, do you feel like they want to be in business with you, give you big fights, promote you? Uh, yeah, I think it's the same as always. But uh, if I get along, they get along. They get along, I get along. Right. <laughs> so I'm just trying to get it go- I'm just trying to get it going. Uh, last year was, was a real bummer sitting around, not getting that done. And part, partly it was the world fault, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm ready to rock. Did they offer you a name, you know, just a couple weeks ago when Dana said we offered him someone, but you didn't say who? Yeah, Did they who actually... I don't remember. Okay. I don't know who they asked for. So where do things stand right now? Like, are there active talks going on? No, I haven't, we haven't talked to him. Maybe after this, they'll talk to you. Yeah, tell him to hit me up. You, you want me to call Dana fight. right now? Yeah, hit up, Ariel, hit Dana, <laughs> tell him I'll fight uh, Oliveira or Poirier. Okay. Want. How'd you get it? At 170. Yeah, 170, 165, 190, one anything but the fucking 155 to be. And by the way, Nate, I, I gotta I gotta bring this up. USADA, I don't know if you saw this. I mean, this, this should be called the Diaz rule. Did you see what they did about cannabis now? Yeah. Is yeah, all the way legit though, or what's the deal with it? Well, it's basically, I mean, in short. They would have to prove that you used it for some kind of PED on the night. In other words, I think they're just making it like they're not saying it, but they're basically just basically saying like, there's no way that you can, you know, get punished for this. Now in Nevada, they're still sticking to their six month, nine month thing. But as far as USADA is concerned, they're pretty much taking it off the table. They'd say we would have to prove in some sort of way that you use this as a PED, which of course we all know, like no one would really do that. It's almost impossible. I feel like this is vindication for for you and your family. I mean, you guys have been talking about this forever. Yeah. And I feel that same way. I already fucked a bunch of shit up anyway, but should have, I know should have been legit the whole time, but yeah, at least something's moving now. <clears throat> and at least, uh, yeah, I should have never been a problem. You see all these CBD companies, you see the UFC doing deals with CBD companies. Like, do you say like, Oh my gosh, look how far we've come. See what, see what we brought y'all. <laughs> You got all these fucking fighters supporting these CBD companies. It's amazing. Uh, by the way, I also saw, I don't know if you saw, it's been a while, again, since I last spoke to you. Drake, my guy Drake, did an interview and he shouted you out. Did you see that? Only one fighter. He talked about He talked about the losses thing, how he respects someone like you. See what I'm saying? He knows exactly what, yeah. From, you, you the, saw, from, from the GOAT, dog, that's it. 
Wait, Drake's the goat, in your opinion? <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's different goats for different eras, I believe. But he's okay. for sure fucking at the moment. He's the goat for sure. Did you see that when he said yeah, that? I saw, oh yeah, I saw it. That's cool as hell. That was crazy. Of all the fighters, he mentioned you to compare like that. He's taken some L's in his career. He said, but you know, look at my guy Nate Diaz, one of my favorite fighters. That's how he put it. That was for sure really cool. That was one of the coolest things. <clears throat> and uh, you know what? Lil Wayne tweeted me too, and I still still have to tell that story to all my friends. I'm like, my God, Lil Wayne is also see, Lil Wayne is also go, but we could give him ten years ago. Right. Or vice versa. He's still here too, so who knows? Wait, what did he tweet about you? I missed that. He fought after I fought my second fight with Connor, and he's like, I fucked with Nate Diaz, and I'm like, wow. good, because I've been fucked with Lil Wayne <laughs> the whole time, so it's perfect. That's- Is that like the greatest celebrity shout-out you've gotten? <clears throat> no, I've got a lot. Of, I mean, yeah, that was for sure one of them. There's a, I've been had a whole bunch of love for a whole bunch of different different people like that but it's really cool coming from both drake and lil wayne that's tight legends um okay just a, just a few more minutes if i can is that all right yeah cool how do you how do you feel right now like are you watching all the fights how do you feel about the game i always love to get your take on on the sport and where the sport stands yeah i've been watching everything everything you watch like you yeah. watched this past weekend who fought again Corey sanhagen knocked out frankie edgar and Dream lost to yeah. Alexander Volkov. Yeah, yeah. And I really and like fucking. Uh, I really like Frankie Edgar. I was, I was sad that happened. That's actually why I brought it up because uh, I don't know if you saw recently there was a, a story about Spencer Fisher and some of the issues that he's dealing with. And and because you know, like you said, you you've been around now for a while. Um, when you see things like that, when you see some of the the OGs, if you will, some of the legends of the game either suffer knockouts like that, or even I saw you take a picture recently with, I don't know if it was an old picture, but BJ Penn going through some. some I saw BJ Penn the other day too. Oh, you did see him. It was good to see him. Yeah. BJ's the man. What is it like for you to see some of these guys maybe going through some tough times? Um, You haven't had to deal with that. I mean, you've, you've enjoyed greater times in in the later years of your career, which is kind of opposite from a lot of these guys. When you see that, how how does it make you feel? Uh, it's just the name of, name of the game. Though. This is the game of life. I think they'll be all right. They, you know, they made it through their fight careers, and that was tough enough. So I'm sure she, what happens people need something to do, too, is to fight. But you got to fight. Otherwise, it's or you got to compete or have something to look forward to like that once you've been fighting for so long. Mm-hmm. You sit around on uh, the, anything else gets boring. Even if you're making all the money in the world, look, Connor started fucking up too because he didn't have shit to do. Get your ass back in the grind and get in a fight. <laughs> Fighting solves everything. <laughs> it's like Marvin Hagler once said, right? It's it's hard to wake up when you're you're waking up in satin sheets, right? It's hard to get up early in the morning to go run when you've quote unquote made it, right? It's a different. That's what he run. said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But- do you I don't do know that? about all that and whatever. I don't. I think it's. I, I think you just need to be fighting people. You don't have satin sheets, I take it. <sighs> no, I don't even know what satin is. What's satin? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very comfortable material. It's, it's very fancy. <laughs> you have that? I do not. I haven't made it. I'm still grinding. I'm still waking up 5 a.m. Are you at your house right now? Yes. You got a library in your house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a it's just a bookshelf. Oh shit! Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, 
times have changed. You know, I used to have a fancy studio. Now, because of COVID, I have to do things from my house. Remember that time after UFC 202 when you asked me something? I was like, they let you in here. <laughs> yes. Remember that? <laughs> they still let me in. Could you imagine? Yeah, I remember I said I was so high when that happened. Really? After the fight? <laughs> yeah. Yes. But I said it was CBD because I was like, I uh, didn't want to get in trouble. Oh, uh, yes, at the post-fight press conference, I remember. See, another example of how... And then I started laughing at you, and then I was like, oh, man, I got to get out of here. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had not... Because I was fighting, I had not been smoking weed for a couple weeks, and I was like, I was super high. Now you don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. The Diaz rule. I'm going to I'm gonna rename it the Diaz rule. I think they should give you that kind of... For uh, sure. Definition. So, so to oh, read... Nick Diaz uh, fucking... Or the Nathan Diaz. You know, people get mad at me, by the way. Do you, do you I think I got, this? I think I get the, uh, the CBD rules and then Nick should have the cannabis, the weed. Case. Okay. That's fair. He's the one who got suspended and they took all the time for it. Five years. They had a bunch of other fines and time off. Yep. By the way, I was going to mention people get mad at me when, when I refer to you as Nathan, but I do it as a sign of respect. You know, I feel like that's, the proper way to refer to you. Could you let the people know that that's actually the way you prefer to be? Hey, that's my name. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Because they say that I'm trying to be cool or something by saying, I'm like, no, that's actually his name. That's the way he wants to be called. Like, what's the big deal? You know? Yeah. They only started, my name only became Nate when I uh, went to the uh, ultimate fighter and everybody was calling me Nick. And then they'd be like, oh, I meant Nate, you know, Nick, Nate. And then everybody was like, (laughs) <laughs> they thought they were calling me Nick. Oh, really? Anyway, after that, I was Nate. Nate, but everyone here at home called me Nate. Are there? Are there? Ariel, it was good to see you. I have to go, dogs. Okay, all right. I just wanted to ask you one last one. One last one. Yeah. Before it's all said and done, is there one guy that you would love to fight to test yourself again? Uh to test myself. Sure. What do you mean? Just to compete against, to see what it's like. You know, you see that guy, you'd be like, all right, before it's before the career is over, whenever it's over, in 10, 15, 20 years, that's one guy I want in there. Maybe it's Dustin Poirier. My next fight is going to be, uh, I want to fight Dustin or Oliveira. Uh, tell him to holla at me and let's get it cracking. All right. But the career ain't never over. We'll be here till the end of time. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now let us say hello to the man who pulled off one of the best knockouts that you will ever see this past Saturday, a 28-second flying knee knockout of the legend Frankie Edgar, the one and only Corey Sanhagen, who I've been saying to off-air Uh, You know, I've seen this story before, all nice and humble as you're climbing the ladder. But then 
slowly but surely you start to forget the little people you start to cancel interviews you start to show up late wouldn't you know it we're an hour and 20 minutes late from when we scheduled this interview he's a big shot now this is all happening as i predicted even though i've been on the bandwagon even though i predicted that you'd be a champion at some point it's all happening once again i've seen this story before Corey. i just want to let you know this is what happens when you become a superstar, man. What can I say? This is it. I see it already. You're, you're like, you're so disinterested. You're like, let's get this rolling. I got 10 minutes for you. Next time I'll have to go through your agent. The next time will be a cancellation. Go through the UFC. It's going to be a whole thing. You said I canceled. I didn't cancel. I'm no, no. Bl- I said the next time you will cancel. Oh, mm, I won't. I promise. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, for now, though, it is great to talk to you. Uh, congratulations. You know, I was going to ask you when you pull off a knockout like that, and it's such a short fight and it's so spectacular, how long does it take to come down from the high? And then on Tuesday morning, I saw very early you posted still buzzing with some pictures of you. Are you still buzzing now? Like, do you still feel adrenaline off what you did on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, man. I still, uh, I'm still feeling it for sure. I, uh, I, I had never knocked anyone out like that before. So that was really exciting for me. Um, but then again, like I said, like, uh, I mean, you can kind of see after the fight when they were raising my hand, like I was pretty, uh, mixed up, I guess you could say about, um, just watching that happen to Frankie, you know? And, uh, I I know I've had close friends and stuff that have been knocked out really bad like that. So I was, you know, it kind of sucks to see, but, uh, you know, all the respect to Frankie, it was all, all my honor to fight him, man. I, I think it's really cool that uh, he's been around for so long and he's still kicking and, and he still has like a lot of fight in him and, he, and he's got a lot of balls to still be doing what he's doing because I think a lot of guys would quit a long time ago being his age. And uh, so I have all the respect for him, but um, yeah, I'm still buzzing, still buzzing. Yeah. And I don't think you, you would find a person in this sport who has a negative thing to say about Frankie Edgar, a true legend of the game. That being said though, were you surprised when you got offered Frankie? I knew you were supposed to fight last January, but some things have changed since then. Uh, I'll just say personally, I didn't think it was a good matchup for him. You're on this trajectory. You're young. You're coming off a great knockout. He's just trying to build himself back up at 135, a new weight class. To me, it felt like an ill-advised move on his team's part. How did you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I, I don't really care too much about what he thinks of it. He, he kind of asked for it too, you know? Mm. Uh, the, my feelings towards it is that uh, it was either that or not fight for a little bit because none of really the other fights made too much sense. And um, that was kind of the thinking behind it. It was it was this idea of like, hey, I called out TJ and Frankie, right? Mm. I, I would have preferred to fight TJ. I, I can't really think of any reason in my head why it wasn't TJ that was in that cage with me last weekend instead of Frankie other than TJ is just trying to get a, a easy shot at the title just because he's a, he's a big name and he's this famous dude, but um, I don't know why that wasn't TJ. So it was either TJ or Frankie. TJ probably said no, and uh, it ended up being Frankie. And just to be clear, I don't begrudge you at all for taking the fight. It makes total sense from where you're coming from. I, I, I just want to make that clear. I just felt for him, there's a, there's a big talent gap there, unfortunately. These things happen when you get older. So I was a little surprised, but obviously you took advantage. And I'm wondering about the TJ thing, because I love that idea. And there's a backstory. We spoke about it the last time. Do you feel like he has no interest in fighting you until you're a champion, for example? Like, do, do you think like even if they offer you him now, he'll say no to that? Yeah, I do. Um, I think that that's probably what happened. You know, like if you, if you look at his social, you look at his social media, it's all, uh, 
road to recovery stuff. It's all, uh, oh, the comeback, blah, blah, blah. The, the guy was supposed to be back in January. The time would have been, the time would have been perfect for us to fight. And, uh, and he didn't, you know, so I don't know what that's about. Um, I don't think he wants to fight. I'm worried that uh, TJ is going to fight for the belt before me and still not want the fight. And then he'd be kind of stuck in this limbo thing because TJ is just a bigger name and maybe he gets to call the shots a little bit more. I don't know, but uh, that's more what I'm worried about because yeah, I don't think TJ wants to fight me, especially, you know, you asked me about this before and I was a bit humble about it, you know, uh, about how I did against him in the gym and uh, you know, I do well against TJ in the gym when we used to train together, you know, I, and I think that that's another reason that he, he doesn't want to take the fight. So um, I'm worried about that in the future. Uh, if not a title shot after, like, I don't, I just don't even think TJ should even be in the conversation right now, especially off of his, off of his history. Like, you know, like he was doing some of the most serious steroids that you can do in the sport. He was giving himself an unfair advantage in combat sports, which is just like disrespectful to kind of everyone in, in the division and in the sport. And, uh, I don't want to see him come back and just get a title shot to me. That's uh that's not cool. You really, you really fear that they might give him a title shot before you after everything you've done recently. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really know how the whole thing works. You know, I, I, I don't really know how much, and maybe you can help me with this, but I don't know how much to weigh out uh, how having a bigger name is versus who's putting on the better performances. Because if you look at my performances, I have two really nasty knockouts of the number one guy and the number four guy in the last six months, you know, coming off of the worst loss that I've ever had in my career, you know, like that says something, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. and if it's about performance, then yeah, there's definitely no doubt, but I, I do understand that, uh, it's a business too. And, um, I don't like that side of the stuff. I wish that it was just, Hey, let's me and you fight. I don't care about the rank. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. Let's just me and you figure out who's better. Uh, I, I prefer that way of thinking, but I also realize that that's not really how the game is, is run. What do you think? Uh, no, it's a hundred percent how the game is run. Unfortunately, uh, it's not always a meritocracy. We've seen countless title shots be handed to people who don't necessarily deserve them right it's because they have a bigger name it's because they can sell more so i do feel like that is a valid concern i just feel like you have so much momentum i mean i i think there would be a revolt if if uh, you got passed up for someone who's been out for two plus years and also coming off a suspension but crazier things have happened and to be honest I don't think the UFC is above that. They, they have done this sort of thing in the past. So it's fair for you to feel that way. I, I'll ask though, you, you did the, you know, you signaled for the title shot. Um, and I think a lot of people would agree you would be the next man um, who deserves it right after Jan and, and Sterling fight. But if they offer you TJ in between, would you take it? Is that one so personal or does that one just kind of, you know, feel a little different to you that you would consider that fight before the title shot? If they say, Hey, take this one first and then we could talk title shot. Absolutely. It wouldn't even be a personal thing either. You know, it's, it's not, it's not anything personal that I have against TJ when we were training together, you know, he never showed me any disrespect. He was, a, he was a, a, a cool guy to me. You know, it's nothing personal at all. It's just that I'm in a different place in my head, man. Like I'm coming for the world title. Like I'm coming to take this thing over. I'm not, I'm not doing this dilly dally. Like Corey's really technical, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm going in there and I'm trying to hurt people now, you know, and, and I'm trying to be super entertaining. And uh, that's what I've been, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's nothing personal with TJ. It's just, 
who do I got to beat in order to, to wrap that gold strap around my waist? I don't care who it is. If it's TJ, then great. Uh, if it's TJ in a couple months and then the title, great. I, I don't care, but I'm winning that belt this year. I, I don't like the idea of me not having that belt, especially with where I am in my head and just my new mentality, man. Like, uh, it feels wrong that I don't have that thing around, around my waist and uh, I, I'm going to stop at nothing in order to get it. Regarding March 6th, do you feel like it ups your chances if Jan wins or if Sterling wins, considering your history with Sterling and obviously you've never fought Jan before? Which scenario is actually better for you in your opinion? Mm, I have no idea. Um, I've actually thought about that. I I don't know. Um, The only reason I think Sterling is more open to a fight uh, then Jan is because one Jan was, was on camera saying that, uh, he'd prefer to fight TJ after this one. I think Sterling's a little bit more sees things a little bit more my way where it's like, Hey, like we're fighters, man. Like, let's fight. Like, let's, uh, let's, let's be like, let's pick the best guy. And that guy gets to fight for the belt because that's where Sterling's coming from. Sterling had a rough road to the top, you know, mm-hmm. like he, he had this, this, uh, Hey man, I've been the best guy for this amount of time. Why am I not getting the credit that's due? And, um, I think Sterling will be a little bit more compassionate than, than Jan, who's had a fairly easy, uh, ride to the top. Like, uh, you know, he, he, for championship, he beat the guy that lost to the guy that I knocked out two, two fights ago, you know, like Jan has not had a tough road to the top. So it's even weird to have him even think about, uh, or ha- to have him think that he's the one calling the shots just even feels weird to me being that his resume isn't isn't what me and Sterling's is. So um, I would like to see, you know, Sterling win for that reason. But uh, like I said, man, like regardless of who it is, if we fight in July, I- I'm not leaving without knocking whoever's in front of me out and going home with that belt. Objectively, who do you think wins that fight? Objectively, I've changed my mind every single time. <laughs> All right. Uh, but I, I think the last couple of times I've been asked, I've been going with Sterling. So I'm going to keep going with Sterling just for the, uh, you know, just for the sake of staying semi-consistent with what I've been saying lately. Okay, fair enough. Um, want to go back to, to Frankie if I can. And look at you drinking San Pellegrino. I mean, you're big time now. Gosh, I remember when you said, drink- is that a and- bottle? Is that plastic? <laughs> this Corey? is plastic. This is cl- okay. All right. All right. Get you. Single use plastic that doesn't vibe with your your lifestyle, yeah. you know. I'm 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 on to you. Um, we didn't get to see it, but how long was Frankie down? Uh, DC on on Monday was telling me that for a minute there it looked scary. Did you notice that? Are you even able to recognize that? And and that must kind of bring you back down to earth for a minute too, right? It did bring me down to earth. So um, you know, uh, I I always used to see the guys in there after a really bad knockout. Uh, the the winner that is that would uh he'd cheer and he'd roar and I'd be like, man, like you're a jerk, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, now, now I get it. You know, like I, I understand that when you go into a fight, man, you're so pumped full of hormones and chemicals and things happening and you have to put yourself in a certain state of mind in order to survive. And it doesn't just wear off the second that the fight is over. Um, it took, uh, it took my, my corner men to look at me and say, Hey man, we need to be respectful. Like he, he's still down. And then it hit me, you know, and then, and then I kind of looked over, he was still laying down uh, maybe a a minute and a half, two minutes is what, is what, is what I would maybe guess. Um, And, uh, and it kind of hit me, man. Like it, I mean, you see when, when they're raising my hand, man, like it, it, it kind of hit me a little bit weird in my heart. Um, 
to have done that to someone. Um, but, but yeah, it was an interesting feeling, man. I had never knocked anyone out that bad. And I, I was actually genuinely concerned with how he was doing, you know? And, and that knockout, like that move, the flying knee and like you, you just did it out of nowhere, like a jab almost. It was so quick. That's not something you've worked on. That's not an opening that you guys talked about leading up to this fight. Mm, not really, man. Uh, I mean, with Frankie, uh, here's what I think happened after watching it, uh, because I don't really know what's, you know, I'm not doing a lot of thinking when I'm in there, but I think what happened is I kind of registered in my head, like, okay, Frankie is pretty stiff. Like I could tell that right when we started moving, but, but, uh, but I had kind of anticipated that because Frankie's timing is very strange. And I think that that's why it works for him is because he is a little bit stiffer. Um, he came close to me and he threw a couple hooks uh, and he got pretty close, you know, but it, but I was like, Hey, I'm just going to keep myself safe right now because, um, because it's kind of early in the fight. I don't know if he's going to shoot. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know his game plan. And then I seen him hit me a couple of times and I kind of saw a little bit of pep get into a step, you know, like he mm -hmm. was like, Oh, I can get close to this guy. This isn't going to be as hard as I thought. And then kind of right when I, when I saw that little bit of excitement is when I was like, ah, he's going to step in. And then I just jumped and it, it scored hard, you know? Can you even put into words what that feels like to connect like that? No, no. Uh, your body, or at least for me, man, like I don't try to plan too many things out. Your body just kind of does it. And, uh, and I mean, it's definitely something that I, I score a lot in practice. Like it's definitely right. something I do do. Um, so, uh, but nah, man, it, it's crazy. Knocking someone out like that is crazy. Considering the name and, and the way in which you did it fair to say greatest moment of your career thus far. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, definitely the nastiest knockout that I've ever had in the training room outside the training room. Uh, yeah. Big, biggest moment of my career for sure. You, you know, when we spoke after the Marlin fight, you said something along the lines and I'm kind of paraphrasing, but it stuck with a lot of people where like you talked about like wanting to beat people so bad, like you want to eat their heart, right? That sort of thing. Do you, uh, do you feel this? Like, was that just a one-time thing or did you feel the same way for this one? Did you feel an even great, cause you said villainous. So it made me remember that. Like, did you even feel a greater sense of, for lack of a better word, kill against Frankie? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've done some thinking about this too. Yes. It's a bloodlust a little bit, you know, it's like, um, I, I think that there's a couple different types of fighters. I think a lot of fighters, uh, the moment is very big and, and they're brutal just by nature and they need to become more technical. I think that that's, that's one brand of fighter. And then you have a little bit more cerebral guys like myself who, who want to take a technical approach to things. Um, but I think in both circumstances, the one will only get you so far. Um, and I think that I got really far just kind of having this really technically minded, uh, cerebral approach to the game. Uh, and in the last or well, since I lost to Aljamain, um, I've connected with that brutal part of me. Um, I, I've been reading like, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff on uh, and this, you know, it might sound weird, but whatever, this is my job and stuff, but uh, a lot of like old military strategy, uh, strategy of like, um, uh, intimidation, like what ancient tribes used to do in order to intimidate, uh, other tribes, uh, just the, the art of war in general, I've been really studying down since, since that last fight. And, um, I'm learning that, uh, 
when you're doing something as brutal as fighting, because when you're in there, you know, it's you, your body and brain think you're trying to survive, you know, like it thinks it's to the death. It's not this like, Oh, I'm going to go home in 25 minutes. It's not that when you're inside of there. Um, so I, I've, I've really connected with that part of me that is uh, that, you know, ancient war type of, of feeling where it's like, Hey, like we're either, taking this guy out and you know i'm not gonna say eat his heart anymore because uh uh i don't want to get turn into a meme again but uh it, it it's a it's a little dark you know it's a little dark who introduces you to that literature or did you just find it on your own so i started talking to uh a couple military buddies actually um a little bit and i was like man like it, the only way that this could get any realer is if we had guns and you know we were walking around in a war you know uh that would be the only like if it literally was life and death and so i started asking them just a little bit about like hey um is is uh, is this something that you guys deal with you know like is this something that you guys get training for like the the feeling of uh life or death and if if you're not ready to go one of your options is death. Like, how do you deal with that? You know? So I just started picking their brains. They offered me a couple of books and then I've been reading those books and it's kind of just expanded to like a, a really new, a newfound hobby and like uh, military strategy and just ancient tribes and, and the way that they used to conduct and the way that like their warrior uh, um, uh, traditions and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, a lot of study in that. Wow. That is fascinating yeah. to me. Uh, yeah. I, I love that that mental side of the game. Um, I just wanted to ask you about you're on top of the world right now, and I know you want to get to an even greater spot. But like, I mean, two of the greatest knockouts back to back that I've ever seen. Um, and and you're young and everything. And then on the flip side, you have a guy like Frankie Edgar, or you have a guy like Alistair Overeem, who I know is a teammate of yours as well. And this is the game, right? At one point, they were on top of the world. They were champions. And then everyone gets a little older and you get to 40 and, and things start to happen. Can you even, I know you say you don't want to see a legend go down like that and it's hard to like fully celebrate. Can you even put yourself in the shoes of the veteran? And I wonder if by witnessing that on Saturday, it gives you an, an even greater sense of urgency. Like now is my time to strike. Now is my time to get that title shot to, to, to cash in everything that I'm feeling right now and, and, and really go for it. Because at some point this does end, right? It ends for every fighter. Father time is undefeated. Are you even able to, th do you even think like that? Like for us media, we think like that, right? Like Saturday was Sanhagen and Volkov defeating the, the, the legends, the older guys. Do you even put yourself in those shoes or it's so far away that you can't? It's so far away that I can't. Um, what, what I will say that I do feel for is um, I know what it feels like to lose. And I know what it feels like to have your family worry about you after you've lost. Um, so I can definitely feel for Frankie and, and, and his loved ones for that. Um, but nah, man, in my head, I'm not losing any more fights until I retire. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's where I am in my head. I don't plan on losing anymore. Will it happen? Not up here. Maybe in the real world it will, but in my head it's not happening. So, uh, no, nah, man, it's strictly I'm making legacy. Like, I'm, I'm making my legacy. I'm not holding anything back. I'm putting people away, and, uh, and I'm winning a world title this year. And, you know, if I, I don't know what I got to do, give me a name. Whatever it is that I got to do, I'll do. I'll, I'll make it happen. Uh, I'll make it entertaining. Whatever the people want, man, besides me turning into a Colby Covington or a Henry Cejudo, I'm willing to do. You know, just tell me what I got to do and, and I'll do that. Minus well, the 
Right. I think you are doing enough. So to be clear, in conclusion, perfect world, you want the winner of Jan and Sterling, correct? If you can't get that for whatever reason, and I really don't see anyone else who deserves it more than you, regardless of what happens in that fight, even if the champion loses, then it's TJ, TJ Dillashaw. Otherwise, it's no one. Or Garbrandt. Garbrandt's still in oh. there, too. No, right. I, I don't know if Garbrandt's going down to 25. I, I don't know. He's, he's saying a lot of different things. But yeah, who, whoever it is, man, like if it's name value that I need, give me one of the big names, you know, and I'll win, take some of their juice. But yeah, I, that, that's, that's the plan. Okay. And, and you want to return by July, not sooner? Sooner, man. What, whatever, man. Oh, okay. I, I, I just said July because I was trying to be cursed to those two because I want to treat them, you know, pepper <laughs> up a little bit, sweeten them up a little bit. Say, hey, you could take, take a month off and then start training, you know? Like, I, I, don't, I don't want to scare them by saying June, you know? I right. was doing okay. courteous to those two. But realistically, you'd be down for the spring or something like that. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Whatever, Ariel, whatever I got to do to win the title, man, that is where I am in my head. I don't even want to take any time off. Like I, I want, I want the world title this year, this summer, and then I want to defend it by the end of the year. And you predict that will happen by this time next year, you're already champion with probably a a defense under your belt. Yes. Yes. But if the UFC lets me, that will happen. Yes. Okay. By the way, how many times have you watched the knockout? (laughs) Dude. uh, (laughs) Uh, over or under a hundred. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. A lot right. of time. I feel like more viewings are to come. Congratulations, Corey. Incredible stuff. I look forward to what's next. Always great to talk to you. Thanks a lot, Ariel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, so that was great stuff. You know, Corey Sanhagen is such a dichotomy to me because, like, he is cerebral. He's he comes across as a bit of like a lunatic as well, but he's also the nicest guy. Um, he's environmentally friendly, but he also talks about eating your heart and reading military literature. I'm fascinated by this guy. As I said on Monday, I think he becomes a champion in the not too distant future. I love his fire. I love his passion. I love the way he thinks about fighting. I love the way he fights. How could you not love? the way this man fights. I mean, you see his last two knockouts, incredible stuff. So that is very exciting. I'm curious to see where they go with Nathan Diaz. Uh, obviously, Poirier Oliveira, they're not 170 pounders, so that could be an issue as well. But the man says he wants to fight two to four times. You figure out how to get him to fight two to four times because he is a needle mover, and you just got to figure it out. If you don't want to do those fights, figure out something else. But let's not have another year as he turns you know, 36, 37, 30, like what? We're wasting time here. There's money to be made. There's fights to be made. Let's get this guy back. He's a big-time star. Top five biggest stars and draws in the UFC. Let's go. Again, UFC 258, back this Saturday, ESPN Plus, another pay-per-view. Go check it out. I'm on the radio this Saturday as well. Helwani Show from 2 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So please check that out. We'll have guests. We'll have all kinds of fun. It'll lead you up to the pay-per-view, to the prelims at least. A couple of changes, by the way, to the uh, the card. Pedro Munoz, Jimmy Rivera is off. Jimmy Rivera got COVID again, second time. 
Um, so I feel bad for him. I hope that he gets better soon. And I hope that he makes a speedy recovery. Kamar Usman versus Gilbert Burns is the main event. You know that. Macy Barber versus Alexa Grasso is the quote-unquote co-main, or as I like to say, the second-to-last fight on the card. Kelvin Gaslam versus Ian Heinish on the card as well. A big fight for Kelvin Gaslam. Jim Miller against Bobby Green. And Maki Patolo against Julian Marquez. That is the main card. On the prelims, you have a couple of interesting names. Uh, Hadolfo Vieira against Anthony Hernandez. Bilal Muhammad against Diego Lima. Pollyanna Viana against Mallory Martin, and Chris Gutierrez against Andre Ewell. Ricky Simone, who is a teammate of one Chelsea Sonnen against Brian Kelleher, also on the early prelims, and a solid fight uh, kicking things off, an important one at 125, Miranda Maverick against Jillian Robertson, the Canadian Jillian Robertson. All right, so that's this Saturday, UFC 258. Please continue to download, subscribe, review, and rate this program. It is very important. Shout out to TC who left us this review. He writes, if Ariel's journalistic skills were converted to MMA skills, Ariel would be the number one pound-for-pound ranked fighter in the world, surpassing all the greats like Habib and GSP. Wow. I wonder if TC is my mom. That's amazing. Also, get Modelo to sponsor you guys again. I miss Modelo Especial. I miss them too. Where you at, Modelo? Let's go. Jump back on the bandwagon. By the way, bandwagon, sandwagon. Jump on the sandwagon as well. I'm driving that train. All right, I'm out of time. Thanks, as always, to our guests. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to TST. Back next week, same time and place. Until I say peace, I'm out of here.